the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. He knows why Judas came. You know, he's, he's not, it's not that Jesus is without information. He's trying to get Judas to think about why he came. What are you doing here? Why, why have you come? And he calls him friend. And then Judas betrays him with a kiss. And he says, do you betray me with a kiss? Or because you kiss someone you love. Judas, do you love me? You're betraying me with a kiss? All the way up to the point when Judas is betraying him, Jesus is still extending grace, still extending grace to Judas. All of us have sinned against God and been guilty of rejecting and betraying him at some point in our lives. But Judas's betrayal is especially bitter. To look your Messiah in the eyes, to listen to his teachings and witness his many miracles, and then turn your back on him and betray him to those that want to kill him. As Pastor Dan continues our study of John, we encounter this disgusting act of selfishness contrasted against the incredible grace that Christ extended to even his betrayer. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 13 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Philippians 2 tells us Jesus is God, but he didn't hold on to that position he, he didn't hold on to his authority as God. He, he emptied himself. He made himself of no reputation. He humbled himself. He became a man. He even became a bondservant, a slave. And it says we should think the same way about ourselves. He's God. He could have held on to that position. He could have said, no, I, I'm God. I'm not coming down there. I'm not humbling myself to help you. He could have done that, but he didn't hold on to that position. He didn't hold on to that authority. He didn't hold on to that power. He he kept his deity. He didn't stop being God, but he chose to humble himself. All All the way to the point now that we see him washing feet at the Last Supper. Now turn back to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And look at verse 4. It says again, notice the language here. It's very, it's very symbolic to what we just read in Philippians. He rose from supper. 
He laid aside his garments, right? Philippians tells us uh, that he, he emptied himself. He laid aside his glory. He laid aside his authority. It says here that he girded himself. Jesus girded himself with humanity. He girded himself with human flesh. He became a man. Verse 5, after that, he poured water into a basin, right? Uh, Jesus poured out his blood on the cross for us to wash us of our sins. Here he pours water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. He not only washed their feet, but he dried their feet. He finished the job. He did the job completely, just as Jesus finished the job of our salvation, right? When he was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. Price is paid in full. He did all of the work for us, for our salvation. The work is completed. And so he does this, and I'm, I'm sure that when Jesus, as they're, you know, the disciples are having this argument going back and forth of who's the greatest, no, I'm the greatest. No, I'm the greatest. Here's why I'm greater than you. I can do this. Well, I can do this. Right? And they're going back and forth. Who's the greatest? Jesus stands up from the table. He gets this water base, pours water into a, a bowl. He gets a towel. He takes off his garment. He girds himself with this towel. He begins to go from disciple to disciple, washing their feet. And I'm sure when he started doing that, a hush fell over the room. And I would bet that they felt convicted by the fact that they're just arguing over who's the greatest, and the greatest is now washing their feet, their stinking feet. And listen, he washes Judas' feet too. Judas is still at the table. And he knows that Judas is about to go out and betray him. Remember, this is the night of his arrest. He's, he's hours away, maybe less, from Gethsemane. He knows that about Judas, that Judas would betray him that same night, and yet he washed and dried Judas' feet with the same care that he washed the other disciples' feet. And this is just a picture of him extending grace to Judas. He extended grace to Judas all the way up to the end. He's not willing that any would perish in their sin, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. Not even Judas. He doesn't want Judas to perish. When Judas finally does come and betray him in Gethsemane, and Judas betrays him with a kiss on the cheek, which was something that you would do for someone that you, you have a fondness for, a love for. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, friend, why have you come? And he knows why Judas came. You know, he's, he's not, it's not that Jesus is without information. He's trying to get Judas to think about why he came. What are you doing here? Why, why have you come? And he calls him friend. And then Judas betrays him with a kiss. And he says, do you betray me with a kiss? Right, because you kiss someone you love. Judas, do you love me? You're betraying me with a kiss. All the way up to the point when Judas is betraying him, Jesus is still extending grace. Still extending grace to Judas. So then he came to Simon Peter, verse 6. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answer, answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part 
with me. Initially, we see Peter refused Jesus. He said, no way you're washing my feet, Lord. This is a contradiction. You can't say no way and Lord in the same sentence, right? You're not washing my feet. I don't want you to wash my feet. There are some people that are, uh, have a similar attitude to Peter today. There are people today that say, I, I, don't, I don't need Jesus. I don't need Jesus to cleanse me. I don't need Jesus to wash me. I don't need Jesus to help me. I'm fine without, I'm fine without Jesus. But look at verse 8 again. Jesus said, if, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. You, you, you have no part with Jesus if you don't allow him to cleanse you of your sin. Jesus wants, wants to cleanse us of our sin. That's why he came. That's why he left heaven. That's why he emptied himself. That's why he became a man and took on human flesh and humbled himself and became a servant and became obedient, obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Because he wants to cleanse us of our sin. But we have to let him do that in a sense. We have to receive him. We have to receive the salvation that he offers us. We have to receive the cleansing that he's, he's offering. And he says, if you, if you don't receive it, if you don't allow him to, then you have no part with him. You, you, have, you have to allow him to cleanse you of your sin, which means you have to recognize your need to be cleansed of sin. And you have to allow him to do that or you, you have no part with him. You, you can't say, well, I, don't, I don't need that. I want Jesus, but I don't want the whole cleansing thing. No, it doesn't work that way. How do we do that? How do we... How do, we, um, how do we receive Jesus Christ? Well, the first thing we do is we repent of our sins. That means we turn from them. And then we receive Him by faith. We put our faith in Him and His, His death on the cross. We believe that His death paid for all of our sins. His shed blood paid for our sins. His resurrection was God, uh, God's acceptance of His sacrifice for our sins. And there's also confession. We confess our sins. The word confess means to just agree with. We agree with God. Yes, these are sins that I need to be cleansed of. So he says to Peter, hey, if, if, if I don't wash you, Peter, well, then you have no part with me. Then Simon Peter said to him, well, then, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Well, in that case, wash my whole body then. Not just my feet. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed, needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. Now, most people in the ancient world didn't have a bath in their house. Only really wealthy people had a bath in their house. Uh, Most people had to go to a, a community bathhouse to wash or a stream to wash. And so you can imagine, if you've ever been camping, you know this experience, right? If you go to the bathhouse at a campsite to wash, you're going to wear flip-flops back, right? Because you know your feet are going to get dirty, and even with flip-flops on, your feet are still dirty by the time you get back to your tent, right? Well, in the ancient world, you'd go to a bathhouse, or you'd go to a stream, you'd wash, you'd walk back to your house on that dusty road, and by the time you got home, your feet are dirty. The rest of you is clean, but your feet are dirty. Now your feet need to be washed. And that, that's, the, that's the illustration that Jesus is using here. 
You know, they're, they're clean all but their feet and their feet need to be rewashed. And what he's saying here is for us spiritually, we're all made clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. If you've accepted Christ, you've put your faith in Him, you're clean. He's made you clean the moment you believed in Him. You have salvation. You've been made righteous. But as we go about life in this world, and as we go walking through this world, our feet get dirty, right? We get defiled by the world. You know, the things we hear, the things we see. doesn't mean we lose our salvation. It just means we get, we get dirty feet. We get defiled. And, and so we need our feet washed. Again, we, we, don't, we don't need to be born again again. We don't need to be saved again. It's just that we need to be we need to get the dirt off our feet. We need to get our feet washed. We, we need to get that defilement of the world off. And how do we do that? Well, First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Uh, in Ephesians 5.26, it talks about how Jesus washes us with the water of the Word. As you read your Bible, or as you listen to a sermon, The Word of God washes you. It cleanses you. Makes you clean again. Psalm 119, it says, how does a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the Word of God. You know, the Word of God is what Jesus uses, what the Holy Spirit uses to wash us, to cleanse us. We're we're saved. That's not the question. We've bathed, right? We've accepted Christ. We're born again. Our sins are forgiven. But as we walk through this world, we pick up dirt. We get defiled. And so now when I go to the Word and I read the Word, the Word washes me. It washes my dirty feet. When I confess my sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me and, and cleanse me. The, all it gets, just gets the dirt of the world off that we pick up along the way. Right? That's why it's so important to be in the Word every day. That's why it's so important to confess your sins and walk in the light with your sins so that Jesus can cleanse you. So that you can stay clean. Now look at verse 10. The end of the verse. He says, And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. He knew Judas would betray him. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again. Remember Jesus ascended to heaven after he was crucified, buried, and resurrected. He ascended to heaven. What does the Bible say? He sat down at the right hand of the Father, because the work was finished. He sat down again and he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? 
You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master. And Jesus is our master. We're his servants. Servants not greater than his master. Nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus tells us he did this to give us an example to follow. Now, I don't think that Jesus meant that we should literally wash each other's feet. Although I know uh, some of you have done that in other churches where you have a foot washing ceremony. And that's fine. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying I don't think that's what he's intending here as the example of having a a foot washing uh, ceremony. I don't think that's what he's implying here. I think the example that Jesus is communicating through this is an example of humility. Because he had all power. He had the position. He had authority. He chose to wash feet. So I think it's an example of humility. I think it's an example of servanthood. Right? You know, again, the kingdom of this world that we live in is not like the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is totally different from the kingdom of this world. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20. In verse 25, Jesus tells us how the kingdom of the world uses their authority and their position. And you experience this probably every week at work with people you work with. Verse 25, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and those who are great exercise authority over them. They, they flaunt their authority is the idea. They use their authority. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant, slave. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So in in the kingdom of God, it's, it's different from the kingdom of this world. In the kingdom of God, a leader is someone who serves others. The person who is first in the kingdom of God is the one who is slave to all. And we're reminded here also in verse 28 that the king over the kingdom of God is also someone who did not come to be served, but to serve. He's our our example. The king over the kingdom of God, he gave his life for many. So the king over the kingdom of God demonstrated humility and demonstrated servanthood and demonstrated self-sacrifice. Uh, turn back a page in your Bible to Matthew 18.4. Matthew 18.4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who's the greatest in God's kingdom? Those that are humble. Those that are humble. Not, not those that are exalting themselves, but those that are humble. It's the opposite of the world. It's the opposite of the world. 
Now, turn back with me to John 13, and we'll finish up here. Look at verse 14 again. He says, If then you, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Again, this is an example for us. It's an example of humility. It's an example of servanthood. Uh, But he also tells us here that we should also wash one another's feet. We should wash one another's feet. Now, what, what what does that mean? Well, here's what I think it means. It means that we should try to keep each other clean. We should try to keep each other clean in the body of Christ. If, if you see a brother or sister in Christ that is, is getting defiled by the world, or you see a brother or sister in Christ that is, is, is being affected by the world and becoming worldly and, and walking in worldly things, you as their brother or sister in Christ, you come alongside them and you wash their feet. You, you share the word of God with them. You, you share the water of the word. You share scripture with them to help them just get that area of their life cleaned up. But you want to do it with humility, right? You want to do it with uh, gentleness. Galatians 6.1 tells us that if we see a brother or sister that's in sin, we should consider ourselves when we confront them. And we should do it with a spirit of humility and meekness and gentleness. You know, considering ourselves, how would I want to be confronted uh, if I had some dirt on my feet? You know, I would want somebody to be gentle with me and kind in the way that they confront me about. I wouldn't want them to be harsh or judgmental or, or, or condemning. And I, don't want, I don't want them washing my feet with a Brillo pad, right? I mean, give me those feet, come here, you know. Whoa, wow, that hurts. Stop. And that's how we should confront other people. And wash their feet as well, considering ourselves. Do it with gentleness. Even you look at the, the, the way that Jesus washed the disciples' feet and the way that it's described here. Again, looking back at verse 4, He rose from supper, He laid aside His garments, He took a towel, He girded Himself. After that, He poured water into a basin and He began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. There's, there's just a gentleness in the way that it reads. There's a humility in his actions. And so Jesus gives us this example. And we want to be people who wash one another's feet, who help to keep others in the body of Christ clean in their walk. And we want to do it with humility, and we want to do it with gentleness, and we want to do it with meekness. And then finally, verse 17, it says, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. It's one thing to know these things. but The blessing is in doing them. The blessing is in doing them. Happy are you if you do them. Jesus gave us this beautiful example to follow of how we can minister to one another, how we can wash each other's feet and help each other walk and follow Him and help each other to remain clean in this world and undefiled by this world. And we do it with gentleness and meekness and humility, serving one another, coming alongside each other, helping each other in our walk as we follow Christ together. Amen. He asked me how I know
The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your Almighty Creator, and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well, praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth.